an open letter to Troy Dodd from Michelle Dodd. I do not believe that having a circumcised or uncircumcised man shank makes any difference whatsoever as to your ability to please a woman. You seem to have the idea that it doesn't matter if a man is circumcised or uncircumcised. In my opinion, that is just plain not true, at least not in this country. I have one question for you, Mr. Dodd. If you were a female or a homosexual male, which would you rather put in your mouth? If you say it doesn't matter, you are either lying or you're just plain, what's the word, um, yucky? I have imagined what that might be like, and I bet it feels like a piece of gum that was stuck underneath of a desk for a week, rolling around on your tongue. Uh, I just think I threw up in my mouth a little. Freaking gross. And God only knows what's underneath it. Dried up something, I'm sure. I personally have never encountered the species that is the uncircumcised penis, and I must say, whew, thank God. I never told you this, but when you first told me that you were originally uncircumcised and that your parents decided to do it when you were six or whatever it was, I wanted to fly to California, find your mom, and kiss her right on the mouth. My sisters and I used to joke each other when we thought one of us was getting to the point with someone and say, he's going to have an elephant man dick, because that's what we called it. It just seemed deformed and unnatural. You crack me up talking about how it would help you direct your whiz stream when you had morning wood. Exactly how much of that did you have at five? You're such a goober sometimes. You know, I really think you left out some seriously important facts during that discussion. I mean, your parents did you a huge favor. Here's the way I see it. You were born in Vietnam, where they probably don't circumcise their boys, so naturally you weren't either. Hell, it may not have even been an option. Then you moved to Hawaii, and then to California. I bet it was after your mom had been in the States for a while and realized that her son was a freak that she decided to try to help you out and allow you to at least have some sort of sex life. You should be grateful. She wasn't trying to torture you. She was trying to help you avoid some uncomfortable situations. I have talked to women before that say that if they were getting freaky with a guy and they reached in his pants and felt that mess going on, that they would make up some excuse and leave. Another good point. Your brother and his wife did decide to have their second son circumcised. What does that tell you? Maybe in other countries women are used to it, but here they just aren't. It's just the way it goes. I think it's one of those things that is simply a case of the human body just not completely evolving yet. Like maybe for cavemen that little flap was necessary to keep like dirt and bugs out. <laughs> like a wee mud flap. But it's no longer useful since men's love shafts are usually nicely tucked and their little cotton hideaways safe from the elements. Okay. I think I'll end on that note. Not as clumsy or random as a blast. Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt. Except this brain's out. You like Huey Lewis on the news? Do you enjoy knives? Oh, yes. They want to know us so they can get When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. That's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. Get them in the cross.
Your early work was a little too new wave. Like you got these morons on the internet like this Troy and Emery who have no idea what they're talking about. Try again. Nobody ever wins. It's a random show with Troy and Emery. Hey everyone, welcome to the Random the Random Show. Troy and Emery. Um, we've been dark for a couple of weeks, but we are back. How are you doing, Emery? Doing wonderful. How are you, Troy? I am awesome, as always. Um, I don't know why we were dark for so long, but uh, maybe it was just a chance to get our creative juices flowing. Or the fact that you just were ducking my calls. One of those two. Uh, well, my creative juices definitely are not flowing, um, and you finally tracked me down and browbeat me into doing another goddamn podcast. So, are your juices are they fermenting? Or that, are they- <laughs> for uh, fermenting, no, uh, more like rotting. You know, I think because I think fermenting would make for a more interesting podcast than uh, than rotting. So, how was your uh, Cinco de Mayo? Cinco de Mayo, uh, I was at the Dodger game, which actually, uh, I was thinking about it. I was trying to put it in context when I was thinking about it today. Uh, I went to the to the Los Angeles Dodgers baseball game on Cinco de Mayo. They had a big Cinco de Mayo celebration at Dodger Stadium. And in in the context of the swine flu, the, the swine outbreak, uh, I chose to go to a place in Los Angeles with 40,000 other people who are predominantly Mexican and uh, didn't really think twice about it. That is and awesome. I touched my face a lot and, you know, licked ketchup off my fingers when I was enjoying a Dodger dog. And and uh, I can't really believe that it didn't occur to me at the time that I was exposing myself to, to the pandemic. Well, you know, if... A big epidemic comes out of that Dodger game. Um, I mean, they'll have to rename the disease to, like, Dodger's disease, like they did that one, what was it, Legionnaire's disease? Where I forgot what disease it was that uh, afflicted a, a Legionnaire's convention or something. Yeah. Or was it just French people? I thought, I thought Legionnaire's disease was the disease of the people who went and saw that Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, but I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, that's called uh, stupidity. <laughs> So, um, how was your Cinco de Mayo? Did you? Uh, sh- it was good. I actually I went out. Shoot your gun in the air, and I did. You know, I think Cinco de Mayo is only celebrated in California because uh, all my Mexican friends were. They're like, no, we don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo, and uh, it's not even a national holiday apparently in Mexico. So I think it's only a national holiday in California. So, um, being a Californian, I did go out and have. You know, some tequila and uh, said Cinco de Mayo a few times, sung it into my glass. So it was a good time. I, you know, I really like the holidays that are um, the actual day and month because it makes them easy to remember. Like Fourth of July, Cinco de Mayo, um, you know, because you never forget what days those holidays is, are. Is, is, is there a- another one? May Day? May no, that's kind of a floating one, isn't it? May, 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 no, should, May first is always May Day. Oh well, see, I think all holidays should just be named after the day in the month, and then that way you never forget it. And these floating holidays just suck. Like Mother's Day is coming up, and that sucks because you never know what day. It, I right. mean, other than the fact that it's a Sunday, you never know what date it is. 
and you're constantly having to check your calendar and say, oh, you know, do I owe my mom a, a card? And did I miss it? So I'm going to put that to the, uh, I don't know, who's in charge of um, holidays? Uh, the secretary of Hallmark, uh, you know, streamers. I think that's a, a cabinet position. <clears throat> you think they're elected for life? Well, whoever it is, I'm, uh, I think we should fill out an online petition. Maybe I can just, maybe he's on Facebook and I'll just, uh, poke him. I've actually, I did research, uh, on that when we were doing our Super Bowl show, when I was talking about how the Monday after the Super Bowl should always be a day off, a national holiday. And, and, uh, I was trying to find out who to petition for that and I could never get a firm lead on that. On who to, yeah. Well, if it's not a cabinet position, I think I'm going to put myself up for it. Um, because you got to start off in politics somewhere. So, uh, speaking of Mother's Day, um, are you going to get your mom anything? I've I've got a few ideas. Yeah, I'm I'm not very reliable as a son in getting my mother things for her birthday. Or I'm a pretty good Christmas guy. When it comes to Christmas, I usually have my shit together. But uh, all the other peripheral gift giving holidays for for your parents, I'm I'm not really that sturdy oh no i'm i'm right there with you i understand the dilemma yeah birthdays and mother's day father's day whatever day comes up i'm not too good at i mean i'm going to get my mom something this year and the only gift she truly appreciates is either cold hard cash or pictures so i'm probably going to give her a combination of the two a picture of money picture Exactly. So uh, she will be thrilled to death. But um, no, I always figured like one of these Mother's Days to, you know, just to be appreciative of the fact that, uh, you know, of my mom, who whom I am. I mean, I was going to just crawl right back up into her birth canal and let her give birth to me again. <laughs> I figured I figured that might be a good. She would appreciate that. I'm sure. I think so as well. Um, well, also in May, the last week we had the. Official start of the summer movie season with Wolverine. Did you go see that? I was talked into seeing Wolverine against my wishes. Yeah, somehow, some, uh, somehow it, it basically went from me refusing to go see Wolverine, or I'm sorry, X-Men Origins Wolverine, into me buying the tickets online with my own money, <laughs> driving, uh, you know, parking paying for food afterward. I mean, like, this whole entire, like, refusal standoff between me and Wolverine turned into me basically going in the hole, like, 45 bucks uh, to see the movie. Right. Well, who, you know, put this evil influence over you to go see the movie? I, was it your it brother? Was, it was a combination of my brother and, and uh, some other folks. But uh, when saw it... Uh, you said you, you you've seen it. I saw it. I went to the midnight showing uh, last Thursday. Went right after work, and uh, yeah, I had I even had a drink beforehand and did not fall asleep during the movie. And um, I enjoyed it. You know, it's uh, it you know it reminded me exactly of a good comic book read. Uh, you know, not necessarily 
The story doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but the pictures were pretty, and that's the way I felt about uh, this movie. So there's a lot of you know Hugh Jackman growling and and flashing his claws and waving them around, and but you know it was entertaining. I was uh, you know it wasn't it was a safe movie by Marvel, I would say. It was like a shark attack without the teeth. So it was an abortion of a comic book movie. It was. <laughs> I you know in thinking back on it and talking to other people about it I never thought I would have said so many nice things about X-Men 3 in my whole entire life because Oh so you meant abortion like it was like a bad thing. It was awful. Oh. It it, it would I mean I can I can't even count on one hand the number of things that I thought it did well. You know, uh I never thought that I would see a movie and walk out and say that Ryan Reynolds was the best part of any movie. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, it, it was just, it didn't work for me on any plane of existence. Uh, it was hard. I mean, the, the credit sequence, Victor and Logan, you know, yeah. fighting in all the wars. I mean, yeah. that was that was a better movie than what the movie they showed was. Like, I wanted to see that movie, you know? <laughs> you know, that was one part of the movie that didn't make sense to me, because I, I was thinking, wow, why are they so patriotic? You know, they they really love their country, and they're fighting. Yeah, they're, they're, they're either they super patriotic, or they just crave bloodshed, you know, like, maniacal, uh, immortal, bone claw, you know, motherfuckers. And... Right. I think I think the whys to that question are infinitely more interesting than ten thousand freaking uh, you know street card named desire shots. Like every time I blinked, it was Wolverine staring up at the sky with his arms over his head, going no, and the and the CG claws. Like, are you serious? It was awful. And the Patrick Stewart part at the end, where it looked like it was like a, oh, that was it was like a rear projector. TV screen is what it looked like when the kids were running into the helicopter. It was just, and the guy who played Striker was just like, in comparison to the great Brian Cox, who did it so well in X Men 2, was just just terrible. That guy was the, uh, I just realized that guy was the head vampire in 30 Days of Night, and uh, I never realized that guy could speak English until this movie, so. Yeah. But you know, maybe um, maybe if they'd had a few more black-eyed peas, uh, in in some acting role, maybe if Fergie had shown up and uh, you know been a mutant, you know, hump girl, she she could have had mutant humps and done a little dance number in there at some point with Hugh Jackman. I would have enjoyed it more, but it was just terrible. It, wow. So, um, well, your forty-five dollars went to the. $87 million take that it brought in that weekend. It went somewhere. It sure as shit didn't go to an enjoyable movie. <laughs> um, did everybody in your uh, party feel that way? Uh, 75% of my party felt the same way as, as I did. And the, the 125% did they just enjoy Just that? doesn't fucking know any better. <laughs> wow. Um... Yeah, well, like I, uh, I felt it was entertaining, and uh, not much more than that. So we're definitely going to do the uh, split thumb decision on this one. And uh, I don't know. I guess you're in the role of, uh, I don't know if, if you're uh, Ebert or Roper in this case, but 
I guess I would be Roper because he pretty much likes anything in, in your Ebert in this particular case. But tomorrow night I have tickets to go see Star Trek, which I'm looking forward to and I think will be better than Wolverine, but uh, we'll have to see. In fact, I'm seeing it twice this weekend. I'm seeing it tomorrow night at midnight and then I'm seeing it again on Saturday morning. So I'm hedging my bets that it's going to be good. Otherwise, I'm going to be in for a miserable time on Saturday morning. How, how early Saturday morning are you going to see it? I'm going to see it at 11 o'clock. Go with, who are you going with, your brother? No, no, no. I'm going with uh, a friend from, uh, he's a, star, a co-fellow Star Trek geek as I am. He uh, comes into the restaurant and we, that's all we do is pretty much talk Star Trek. The classic, the original series, Star Trek. Um, so uh, I'm seeing it after work tomorrow night, the midnight showing, just because I have to because it's a midnight showing. And then seeing it again on Saturday morning with him. Are you going to go see it? Uh, I am going to go see it. I haven't really eyeballed uh, a, a time when I'm going to get it to uh, get away and uh, check it out. But I'm, I'm seriously looking forward to it. Well, you're welcome to come see it with us if you wish. Um, I don't think you're usually up by 11 o'clock Saturday morning. But uh, if you are, you can come uh, beam in with us and see what J.J. Abrams does with the franchise. I just think if you're a movie theater and you're showing a movie at 11 o'clock in the morning, you should have cereal as an option at the concession stand. Like a continental breakfast? Yeah. Of, like a Hampton little, Inn? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll, some, uh, we'll talk some, with management. Some Bisquick pancakes. Some stale donuts. And Yogurt. You know, it's funny. When, uh, young, when I was younger and we actually – the very rare times that we actually stayed at a motel um, – my father wasn't a big fan of the uh, going anywhere that involves staying overnight. But if we did, um, the place definitely had to have a free continental breakfast. And uh, so the Hampton Inn was a, a popular uh, – That's, that's like my, my, my father is a huge Hampton Inn fan as well. Uh, I think his allegiance might have kind of in his later years gone over to Holiday Inn Express – but uh, when when I was younger, it was Hampton Inn all the way. Right. Well, your father probably just felt the need to be smarter. And well, no, I mean, there was like a brand loyalty there that I never really understood. I don't know if he had like some amazing experience at a Hampton Inn uh, one time, but I never really remembered Hampton Inn being head and shoulders better than like a Comfort Inn or a, you know... Holiday Inn or Motel 6 or wherever we found ourselves. Nope. It was just the free continental breakfast. That's uh, what pretty much did it for my father. Um, the last podcast, uh, we got a little bit of feedback about our uh, our circumcision episode, as I like to call it. Uh, especially from my ex-wife, who responded to your your challenge for a comment. Um, when I appreciate it, I just want to put that out there that, you know, thank you very much for uh, responding. It was nice. Yeah. Well, and it made me wasn't very it really hard. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very flattering uh, to me. Um, so it, uh, but I mean, I can see her points and everybody has wanted to, you know, bring these points out to me. Even my little half brother, Ricky, who is uncircumcised. Um, 
and he wishes that he that uh, my mother would have circumcised him when he was younger. And uh, he's been trying desperately to get his shaft trimmed since uh, he turned of legal age to do it himself. But, <laughs> did you know it's considered? It's considered <laughs> elective surgery, so his insurance won't cover it. But uh, I don't know. Maybe if he ever goes to prison, maybe he can find somebody skilled there to uh, to take some of that skin off. Of him. Oh Lord! Yeah. So, but I've decided if we talk about you know circumcision, which people seems to uh, polarize some people, it gets us some feedback though. So. Um, not all of it was on the website, but I definitely heard from a lot of people about the uh, the circumcision episode. So I was thinking, what other kinds of anatomical... Well, uh, wait, I, I also want to add, the feedback that you heard from people about the circumcision episode was basically just people telling you that you were wrong about everything you said, it, right? Pretty much. So, which I which I don't understand. If it was if it was I'm everybody telling right. you that you were wrong, and it was basically everybody telling you that I was right about the the entire issue, is that correct? Is that a, is it, I mean, is that a fair statement? Are you just trying to get me to tell you you're right? Thank you, <laughs> Emery. Everybody else felt you were right, but. <laughs> You you guys, other than the only person I feel that I can truly talk to about this and would understand is my nephew, Tristan. So when he gets older, I'm going to have a podcast and have him on there and see what he thinks. So all of you other people, just you don't have a, a shared... Uh, there's got to be some sort of support group on the internet, like botched surgery, you know, uh, support, like a, a reach out where you can go and trade awful stories via email with other survivors you know i bet i bet i bet lance armstrong would wear a colored bracelet on his arm for your cause if you know if if you uh printed some up don't feel bad man you're maybe there's a uh, facebook group that i can join um because i've been kind of addicted to facebook lately that's like the upteenth time you've mentioned facebook to me in the last three times we've talked i don't get it what's the deal I told you I'm I've, I'm kind of addicted. What happened to MySpace? Why does nobody use MySpace anymore? Um, I have no idea because MySpace sucks. There's no. Uh, so the interesting thing about Facebook is like there's a feed where people just you know put in what they're doing or, and apparently most people are doing these quizzes that show up on Facebook, which I don't do, but. Uh, there's a lot of quiz taking on Facebook, and it's interesting to read what people are – how they're doing on these quizzes. It's almost like school. But the quizzes are generally like, oh, take this quiz and find out you know, which member of an 80s rock band are you or you know, which character from the Breakfast Club are you or you – know, it's just weird stuff like that. And I don't take these quizzes personally, but uh, I know a lot of people who – um, are my friends on Facebook and in real life? But you read the, you read the results of these quizzes. I do read the results; they are entertaining. But I think you know the quizzes to me, like some of these are just mundane and and trite. But uh, I think we should come up with our own quizzes. Like maybe you know which venereal disease would you be if you could be one? I think that would be an interesting quiz. Or which medieval terminal disease would you be? So 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 basically. What you're saying is Facebook 
the social networking site, is superior to MySpace, another social networking site. Both are billion-dollar, you know, cash cow companies because of quizzes that will let you know which member of the Breakfast Club you are. Uh, I apparently that's the secret of their success. Did the MySpace yeah. people realize this? And if not, have you thought about? You know, maybe going in for a job interview to try and turn their company around. <laughs> um, no, I haven't. But I think maybe you should update your resume and submit it to to MySpace. Um, you should update your MySpace profile and submit it to me because MySpace ain't dead. It's it's going to come back. I sounds like you're a, a MySpace devotee. No, the it's, I'm not a MySpace devotee. I'm just uh, I'm so late. Easy that I have never made a Facebook profile, so I'm just trying. Well, you should do it and take a and take a cu- couple of these quizzes because I'd be interested. In uh, I already know I'm Judd Hirsch, man. I'm freaking Bender. I know it. Oh gosh, everybody wants to be Bender, you know. Nobody wants to be the uh, Anthony Michael Hall character, or I actually would prefer to be uh, the Ali Sheedy character because I thought it was awesome how she made snow out of dandruff. <laughs> I like her sandwich. I always and I always thought her her lunch looked the best. What was her sandwich? It was it was like the Captain Crunch with the pixie sticks. That's right. On the bread, and then she mashed it down together. Yeah, you're right. That that did look like a sugar overload. That that would have been interesting. But uh, no, hop on Facebook. I'll uh, I'll let you be my friend. I'll take some quizzes for you. Please do. Please do. Um. Gosh, I don't know what else to say, Emery. Maybe we should just keep this podcast short. I think it would be good. Uh, Troy uh, has thrown out a possible invite to his softball team for me, uh, you know, for next week. He he made me try out. Uh, He took me on a little tryout. No, well, here's – no, no. Let's – we went and played catch. You bought a new mitt. And we went and played catch, which went fairly well. Then we went to the batting cages, and we decided to hit some baseballs, not softballs per se. And uh, we went to the slow cages, and I was doing miserable. I mean, I I think I hit out of – I think the, the thing gave you – how many pitches was 30, it? 30. Yeah, 30. Yeah, and I think I hit maybe 10. No, 10 total, and I, I must have did at least – Three turns in the cage. So, well, and you, did, wait, you did quite well. What, what speed? Were, what, what speed was that at? Was like I, I think we started at fifty. 50. We started at fifty. I went to forty. I did it like one more time than you did, because I just wanted to, you know, try and save a little bit of face, which I didn't do. But, uh, um, yeah, you did a lot better than I did in the batting cages. So. I think that's why I'm, you know, throwing out this invite. To had had so, had I performed the way you had in the batting cage, would have the would the invite still still stand? Um, yes, it would. Well, that's nice of you. That's really nice of you yes. to say because if it was my softball team and I saw you uh, <laughs> in the batting cage when we went, I, I would have just pretended that the league dissolved and you know we weren't playing any more games. <laughs> but uh, yes, so if. Uh, anybody wants to come out and see uh, me and Emery play softball, if you're in the SoCal area, you can uh, – if you're my friend on Facebook, I will definitely update the status and let you know when the game is. Um, if you're not, 
Why aren't you? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that should be fun. Next week, play softball. And this week, see Star Trek. Maybe the next episode we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Star Trek and talk about our softball game. Sounds good. All right. Hey, nice talking to you this week. Sorry, everybody, that we were uh, a little bit long time coming in this podcast. Yeah. And uh, they waited all this probably, time for this. Yeah, I know. Pretty. They sh- they should be happy. It's kind of like the Wolverine experience for you. So. Yeah, I know. Right. I hope we make eighty-seven million dollars. So that wouldn't be too awful. All right, Emery. Well, until next time, then. I love you. And I love you more. All right. Good night, everybody. All right. Good night. Special thanks to Mary Morfield for reading an open letter. Thanks for listening to The Random Show with Troy and Emery. Please visit our webpage at www.randomtroyshow.wordpress.com where you can find our contact information and download past episodes. You can also listen to the podcast by subscribing in iTunes. Music for The Random Show with Troy and Emery by Champions of the Universe. This has been a Without Borders production.